Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart, and in this episode, we have the first of three interviews I conducted at the Sitecore Users Group Conference in Berlin. In this episode, we talk with Thomas Elblom. Thomas, as you'll learn, was one of the major proponents uh, of the Helix architecture and getting that out into the world and folks trained on it. Uh, Thomas also moved on to work with the Sitecore installation framework that's part of Sitecore 9. Um, since this episode was recorded, Thomas has announced that he's actually leaving Sitecore, uh, going back to the uh, client-facing world and doing implementations. We wish Thomas the best of luck. But there is still some great information in this wide-ranging conversation with Thomas, so please enjoy. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks, Derek. Um, you and I have been trying to connect for quite a while. I was probably a couple of years just to, to sit down and chat. I think your most famous at least in the community now, for kind of coming up with uh, or, or pushing the the, 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 the Helix architecture and, um, and kind of doing the, the initial implementation with Habitat and then just kind of supporting developers in the Sitecore community. Why don't you – could you tell people a little bit about your role within Sitecore? Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently in the product department as a product manager. Um, and as you said, um, before that, I was in the product marketing team. Um, working on the demos, and part of that was to to get it out to the community to to show people um, how we could have a reference implementation. And part of that, of course, was explaining the architecture mm-hmm. and also the, the the principles and patterns behind that. So that was where Helix and, and Habitat came from. It was it was our, and I think it's to be honest, it's a, it's kind of a unique thing in the Martech space mm-hmm. to have that kind of level of guidance to have not just you know. Uh, a DevOps or a SysOps kind of um, reference, but also really into the software architecture. How do you compose your classes and, and, and structure your projects? So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the reception that, that Helix and Habitat has gotten. Um, it's, I see it everywhere. I talk to people about it. They're generally happy, uh-huh. um, which is, <laughs> to be honest, a big surprise because yeah. it was very daunting to to put that out there. I know there's a lot of really really good developers in the cycle community, so so to be that guy that is the face of of guidance was was a little bit frightening for yeah. me. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was. I, I think. I mean, now that it's been out a while. It's been interesting to see people kind of gravitate around it, and uh, you know, I think a lot of people kind of had their own architectural approaches on it, but having one that's kind of all centralized, it's definitely, you know, it's it's coming on almost two years that it's been out, and it's you know, I think the 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 traction I've seen of it getting now is is uh, it's been pretty good. I think you know, and there's there's people that take issue with you know, if you look at Habitat and how many projects there are and stuff, and but I think the what what has been a, a central element to that has always been to to strike the balance between uh, guidance and directives. Yep. We don't want to direct people. We don't want to want to dictate how people put their solution together. But we want to give good, well-founded guidance. Um, and I think that struck well with the community. It's yeah, the, I mean, you the, look at like people that took you know they took issue with you know Habitat's got all these projects, sure. and you look at the work that that. Um, 
that Charles and Sean at, at Hedgehog have done of, you know, they're enforcing a lot of the, the separation of concerns just via, via FX cop rules. So you sure. don't have as many, you don't have as many projects yeah. and you're still, you're, you're still following that architectural, yeah. that architectural guidance. So. And I was, I was personally extremely excited also that, that when, um, when Adam uh, came aboard with the SXA product and and that whole traction, they immediately caught on to the Helix thought and yeah. just adapted that straight into. They made a, re- a really big restructure of of SXA at that point um, and put in Helix because that again drove the enforcement that this is this is something to take serious. Yeah. It's not just a kind of a. a a left-hand project. It's something that really is is well-founded in Sitecore. Yeah. So I think stepping back a bit, like if for a, a developer that's new to the platform and, and trying to get their head around Helix, kind of what what sort of background should should somebody have, or kind of the mindset when they're kind of. Yeah. I, I think coming to Sitecore, it's it's such a big product, and it can be daunting if you know you're you're in a corporation that just bought Sitecore and now your your team's responsible for figuring this thing out. Yeah. Uh, and um, and trying to, you know, get so, your team up to speed. I guess what what are some of the kind of the principles that people should kind of the the, the base learning people should have? Yeah, so so there's definitely um, I think there's two levels to to Sitecore and learning Sitecore. One is is on the API level, on the on the development level level, because that's where Helix and, and Habitat came in as examples on how to build your software and how to work with. Um, you know, across commerce and XConnect and, and CMS and all that. Yeah. So, so having a good developer background and have a good structure around separation of concerns and patterns and practices and all that is is really rudimentary. I think that that is that is key to any good developer is mm-hmm. have a good background, not become too theoretical, no. but but have that kind of balance between the pragmatic and the, and the theory. Um, so, so a good .NET developer and a good web developer background is really the only thing I see as a good Sitecore developer. Yeah. The the thing that is challenging now with Sitecore Nine as well is the architecture behind it because yeah. now we have new microservice ar- architecture popping up with right. Connect with with Commerce. So there's definitely a learning curve just around the architecture. So right now we're busy um, putting together architecture guidance. Um, mm. So I just I, we just published twenty three. Small architecture videos. Um, all yeah, I was going to bring that up. You guys yeah. have been pumping out quite a bit on, on. So it's it's really brief videos, two to two, three, four minutes um, that just describes a scenario. So yeah. how do you how does Cycle capture customer data? How do uh, cus- how do orders get processed in the commerce engine? How do how the personalization work from an architectural point of view? So which application roles are involved? Which databases? Which indexes? So it, it really goes to illustrate how data flows through the system, because that kind of architecture uh, knowledge is key to to understanding how to spin up a Sitecore solution and sure. how to match the the Sitecore architecture, the, the the system architecture with customer requirements. Right. I mean, we used to have a CD and a CM server, mm-hmm. and then you you might split up to a publishing instance or things like that. Now we have you know XConnect with marketing automation. We have Engine, the the commerce engine, as a separate entity. Um, we have live marketing automation events. We have there's so many different processes. Yeah, and in fact, I've I, I've talked to customers that are you know their their current. Sitecore, Sitecore seven or Sitecore eight customers. And they're looking at nine, and they do that initial install. They're like, wait, there's like there's 
two websites here. Yeah. And, you know, I, you just kind of hear XConnect and you think it's an API, but it's actual, like you said, it's, it's broken out as a microservice. It's, yes. It runs separate from the content management instance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you so if you install what we call an XP scaled, for example, which is the, the fully scaled um, CMS and XConnect um, or or XP and XM, you got like what is it eight different websites and two Windows services on prem uh-huh. uh, or or web jobs and right. and web apps in in Azure. Um, so it's it's not that simple little system anymore. It's yeah. not that one website that runs everything. Yeah, and I think um, you. I mean, just even there too. I think the, the the barrier to entry for a lot of people is just understanding a lot of these acronyms, right? So this sure. is like we always had CM and CD. Yes. So that was like your your content management or your authoring server and your content yeah. delivery or kind of the, the delivery server that actually served yeah. the content. So but one of the one of the pieces of of uh, documentation that we're coming out with now is an architectural or a roles architectural roles documentation. So every single database every single web app every single web job is documented has its what own each page one does. to show what it does how it connects with other roles what are the the security and scaling concerns what's the privacy concerns so that you can really dive into the individual pieces and understand how things work because you cannot have that kind of overlook without having details on everything if you want to scale marketing automation you need to understand which parts of the marketing automation uh, process which databases, which web jobs and things you need to scale, and some of them scale, some of them don't. It's 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 really on that individual role level. Well, and I think it also probably comes down to the actual the the, the implementation of what you need to scale. You exactly. Know, maybe if you're yeah. if you're if you're serving a lot of content but not a lot of automation. Yes. You know, then that's that's one scaling concern versus. Sure. And um, I. We're here at SoupCon and watched a really good session yesterday by Jason St. Cyr around X, XP services and having that kind of phase one, phase two approach where maybe in phase one you don't implement marketing automation, so you have a, a less scaled environment. But then in phase two, when the customer really wants to go big on personalization or marketing automation, you can pinpoint those roles and then scale those out. Yeah. And with, with Azure... You can just have them, you know, maybe share resources initially, but then you can branch it out to their own resources. You can turn on auto scaling, and it's really like smooth. It's that whole architecture is built for scalability and flexibility. Yeah, and I would say, I, at least my my perception too is is with Sitecore Nine, there's a lot more, uh, just a lot more guidance and a lot more tooling around doing setups of of the different roles that you would have and yep. you know before it was i mean before we didn't have it, at least in 8 we got to the point where we had a spreadsheet yeah, that would yeah. go through and tell you which config files to exactly. enable and disable per role i mean it wasn't that wasn't there before so yeah. and now with 9 with kind of the Sycor installation framework yes yeah. Provisioning these roles out, you know, if you're if you're if you're in a DevOps role and actually trying to get the different uh, the different roles up and running and connected to each other, yeah. um, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the tooling that's come out on that? Yeah, so so um, so there's there's the um, so Sitecore is is inherently a cloud company. We 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 want to promote Azure. We want to promote cloud, and we're very focused on making that the preferred deployment model but we also realize on-premise is still really important uh, even for customers in production but certainly from a devops perspective so what we have is for cloud we have the arm templates which really just um, puts the infrastructure and the the Sitecore services together and and deploys it as one yeah so Whereas, arm being kind of the azure 
Azure Resource Manager yeah, I was templates. Say, I, yes. I, I couldn't get that up. Um, yeah. So it's it's just a um, it's really just a manifest of yep. how servers and roles, um, application roles yep. are. So it's it's a really good descriptive format that that gives you everything. Right. You don't have that that level of descriptiveness in uh, on premise because you have to basically install all the the servers and, yep. the, and the services that the the requirements prerequisites yourself but then what we've done is we've put an orchestration framework on top called cycle install framework that allows you to install the, the specific cycle roles so you can just like with the arm temps, templates you can describe um, different roles and install them in a in one kind of flow um, even remote to servers so you can from your developer machine you can push uh, roles onto onto different servers. Yeah, and I think you touched on it earlier. You you have kind of pre-built configurations based on yes. kind of what scaling level yeah. you, you want if, if it's, you know, you're just going to... We have examples of right. scaling. It, it is really, I mean, with the, with the number of roles in there, I think there's over 50 different roles, independent roles in uh-huh. Sidecore right now. So the level of scalability and flexibility is just huge. We cannot come up with configurations for every permutation of the topology so what we come out with is examples of scaling Mm -hmm. Um, but it's up to you as a developer and that's again a learning curve you have to understand the architecture you have to understand the cycle install framework to put together your configurations your topologies Um, but to be honest once you've nailed the technologies it's not that hard I mean I I for for this Sukon presentation I'm doing this afternoon, I spend a day and I have like five or six different configurations that I have out of the box or which I have ready to demo, um, which are just slight variations of what we ship. Right. Right. So so the point being that the configurations is yours to 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 download, to maintain, to reconfigure and to own as part of your products. Right, right. Well, and I think with with Sycor installation framework, that's it's built on top of uh, PowerShell, correct? PowerShell. Yeah. yeah. So now you can you can move that into whatever your 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 tooling that you might if you are running on prem or if you're running. I mean, on prem being you know maybe you're at AWS, so you've, mm-hmm. you've got a, a, a sure. bunch of you know servers that you provisioned in 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 Amazon's cloud. Sure. Um, it's it's treated almost identical to on prem, but now you've got the ability to wire up your tooling uh, yeah. and, and, and have it driven off a of PowerShell. I mean, we have, um, we have customers asking for, um, for uh, cloud um, VMs, so they want to run Sycor on a VM in Azure, but they want to use SQL Azure, yeah. which is a perfectly fine configuration. And with SIF, you can then orchestrate the, the installation of, um, of the VM and then you might use, you know, an ARM template to, to, to provision the databases um, in SQL Azure. And you can all orchestrate that using PowerShell because it's the same kind of tooling around right. those two. Right. So, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the, the idea is to take all the way from your local developer machine all the way up to a highly scaled production environment. And you can really orchestrate like a CI, CD, um, continuous delivery flow all the way through. No, no, and I think that's. I mean, it's definitely been welcome from the community. I think I was uh, I was just chatting with someone else the other day and trying to, trying to add up how long I've been working on mm-hmm. Sitecore, and it's. I mean, it's, I think it's coming up on nine years now, and I, I look back to you know the the first installation I did, and it was just kind of there. You, you went through the there, there was a, there was a document if you were going to do the manual install, 
of you know how to install the website and then yeah. the data, attach the databases and all that and it's it's come a long way and yeah. you know and and and, it, and as you said the complexity of the product is yeah. a lot more than you know in the in the six four time frame there was really you know that was you know, we were just getting page editor back then and sure. now it's uh and that's that's of course a, a challenge and a, and a backlog that we still have of documentation because with with the number of roles and the number of configuration options we really need to document. We, we cannot create um, out-of-the-box configurations for every permutation of, to, of topology. But we can, however, document how you, you change the configuration in certain points. Yeah, and I can say if you're new to the platform, definitely you know, the, the documentation site is constantly growing. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, and I look at even, even if you're not on 9, the, the, the documentation... Um, for for even older versions, I, I'm currently working on a project. It's an eight it's an eight one installation, but just even the documentation on how to configure a CD server, how to configure a CM server, how to configure right. the processing role. Um, you know what yeah. what Mongo databases do you need in order to support the analytics? That that documentation's out there. I think is you know it's it's knowing that I I worked um, for a long time with uh, or the last months I've been working very hard with the with the documentation team and. I have to give huge props to them because they're doing a really big job trying to catch up with all the documentation that's necessary. And it's a big, big job. So huge props to to the doc team, to Martina Molander. She's really spitting out some great documentation all the time from her cabin in the woods in Sweden. So uh, so lots of props to her. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's next for you guys? What's on the horizon as uh, as you continue to build this stuff out? Well, I mean, there's a there's a Roadmap um, for for SIF and for the uh, for the configuration and, and as I said, we're really working hard in creating new technical documentation all the time. So in the next month, you should you should look out for for this um, for this technical documentation coming out around architecture and data flows. Um, we're looking heavily into the installation and scaling guides and and uh, the um, the upgrade guides as well. We want to get that better yeah. because also that is a that that has a lot to do with the architecture as well if you upgrade one web server versus you know a lot of websites a lot of windows services so so working on that as well um and just you know this making sif constantly better uh-huh. um there's a really good community uh, uh, contribution project out there called uh, Sacro install extensions okay so google that it's on github and i really want to you know entice everybody to go there and and help um robert there with with putting in more tasks, more configurations, working with him, he's put together a Cycle install framework configurations for Cycle eight. Okay. So you, 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 it's not only for nine. So if you're already looking at 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 the install framework, but you're stuck on an eight project, then you can actually use his configurations to run to start automating your Cycle eight installs. Nice, nice. What are what are some other kind of extensions that they've done? Uh, also, for for getting all the prerequisites configured, like the um, the Solar um, Redis cache, all those kind of things that you might want to set up um, during a uh, during an installation. Nice. Um, so it's it's a really good project, and I I wish people would go there and help him out. Just keep building that thing yeah. because Sycor is going to be focused on the install framework, but we're we're only the resources that we are. Right. And and we're not gonna we're not gonna 
jump onto prerequisites, for example. It's not Cycor's role to install solar, right. but it is a fundamental need for, for, for the community. You need to have solar installing on your developer machine. Yeah. And the more you can auto- automate that, the better. Yeah. There's also lots of people looking into Docker, um, so automating installation of, of Docker images um, with, uh, with SIF as well. So, okay. Yeah, so lots yeah. of excitement in the community around that. I'm really thrilled. Yeah, we'll definitely get links to that in the show notes uh, cool. and how you can get involved with that and links to some of the documentation. I, I, I would strongly encourage people to check out uh, your – it's Master Sitecore is the, is the YouTube channel. Uh, if you go back even further, there's the uh, the initial Helix training. Yes. Those videos are on there. You, like you said, you have kind of the, the, the small sample videos that have – come out recently yep. um and it's definitely a great resource it's, it's, it's a great resource if you're just trying to get started and just get your Absolutely. head about the platform it's yeah. uh, uh it's uh i think there's been a lot of appreciation for it in the community cool great well thanks thanks for being on the show thomas no worries there. where where can people find you online well i'm on twitter t elblom okay. um and uh you know i'm on slack as well so i'm trying to follow the as close as i can all the social uh, channels so I'm active out there, so just grab me on any channel you find me. Great, great. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.